Shane's sudden withdrawal made me want to pull her to the side and ask what was wrong. Her eyes rolled upward as she was distracted by the thunder. She smiled weakly. Go ahead. I dragged you here. I owe you. Madame Ciara reached under her chair and brought out something small and blue. Smiling, she placed the delicate pillow in the middle of the table. Place your hands here, please. Palms up, she said calmly. I moved my hands from my lap and placed them as she directed. When her soft fingers grasped my hands, their icy coldness startled me. She seemed just as startled by my hands because, after glancing at them for just a brief moment, her fingers clamped tightly around my fingers. As if she had seen a ghost, she looked at my face with wide eyes and asked, How long have you had this tattoo on your left hand? I looked down and realized she was asking about the small red crescent outline just below my ring finger. Oh, that's not a tattoo. I've had it my whole life. It's a birthmark. Her face turned into a stunned mask of contorted wrinkles, and her hands began to tremble. For a brief moment, Shane and I sat in silence, waiting for the fortune teller to snap out of her trance. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Shane searching for my attention by leaning forward. WTF, Shane whispered. As soon as I turned toward Shane, Madame Ciara vigorously began examining my hands, turning them over repeatedly. Abruptly and almost violently, she threw my hands away so forcefully that my left hand flung out and slapped Shane in the face. I shrugged at Shane apologetically as she rubbed her cheek, and then I looked back at Madame Ciara. The fortune teller bolted out of her chair, looked over her shoulder, scanned the room, and then dramatically leaned over the table. Get out of here now, she whispered loudly, desperately, her accent thickened. Go home, close your windows, lock your doors, do not go outside for any reason tonight, and never come back here again. But it's raining, Shane began to protest. Do as I say now, Madame Ciara commanded in a hoarse whisper. Suddenly, she cocked her head to the side as if listening for something. She placed her index finger over her lips in a hushing gesture, straightened up, and shooed us with her hands. Just as Shane and I stood up, Madame Ciara's spine straightened, giving her an awkward appearance of standing at attention. Her shoulders slumped as she whispered, Sant Miguel, be with us. A breeze of cold air rushed in at our backs, and a man's deep voice snarled. Is there a problem, Madame Ciara? She cautioned us with her glare and then turned toward the voice. No problem, just finishing reading. Shane and I turned toward the voice and noticed a panel of the tent had been pulled back. Lightning flashed, revealing the backlit silhouette of a small, fragile-looking man with long, straggly hair. After my eyes had adjusted to the light, I caught the man staring straight at me.
contradictory emotions of extreme repulsion mixed with intense attraction swept through me. I was forced to lean against Shane for a spell because my knees suddenly felt weak. The man continued to stare. Identical sensations to the ones I felt earlier in the evening of someone watching me were overwhelming. This was the man that hunted us in the haunted house. But wait, no, he couldn't be. He was too small and fragile, sickly even. At the same time, however, his presence exuded a countenance of invincibility. Whom, may I ask, do I have the pleasure of meeting? His bony hand extended toward me, his skin dry and flaky.